This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We're going to talk about your greatest fear. Actually, we're just going to talk about fear, which is what you wanted to talk about today. And there's so much that we can talk about and so much to unpack with fear. But what is it that's pinging you about fear? I was having a conversation this weekend. Matter of fact, I was in a conference this weekend. Just a lot of talking about people having their wishes and things that they always wanted to do. And I was waiting each time to hear why it didn't happen. And, you know, you didn't have enough money. Okay, that's a thing. But more often than not, it wasn't about money. It was about being, I could hear, it was the fear of what people would say, you know, how it would be interpreted or received, and all just a whole bunch of things, especially if it's just sort of out of the mainstream of the company that you keep or the folks that you're around. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. So introducing a degree of wackiness or woo-woo into your life plan gets a reaction from the folks who are around you? Say that a different way. Woo-woo. I mean... I am done being a lawyer or a paralegal, and I am instead going to trade everything that I own for a tent and go live on a mountaintop and meditate. And people go, really? (laughs) (laughs) When you put it like that, yeah, I get a few really sometime, even though if you're listening, like I'm not living on a mountain, everybody. But I think you get to a point, I don't know if you can think your way out of, let me just go back. Fear is a real thing because it paralyzes people from doing things that they can do, want to do, dream about, et cetera, et cetera. It's not going to go away until you make it go away or you face it or you talk to it in a sense and try to figure out. What about this that is making me so afraid to make this next step? And a lot of times, I won't say more often than not, but a lot of times it's about what people will say and what others will think that becomes this big, huge, scary monster. And the wonderful thing that you have inside to do often may not get done because of outside boogeyman Mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, absolutely. And overcome it, think through it, maybe. And perhaps what we just... What we want to do instead is deflate it because there's something to it. There's a reason that the fear is there. But a lot of times it just shows it's so much, it feels so much bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that little thing on the side of our side view mirror that says objects may be closer than they appear. Because <laughs> the way that we're looking at stuff can make it look huge. Oh my God, it's right on top of me. 
When in fact, when we have a little bit of perspective, it may or may not be that. I know exactly what you're talking about. In the end of 2019, been working a tech job for five years, and the time came for me to turn completely to ministry. And the ministry was not nearly as precisely funded, shall we say, <laughs> as the tech business. I like that. I like that. Yeah. There's a need to fund this lifestyle that I have over here in Pennsylvania. And could I do it? Yeah. Would I have to spend more time and be much more inventive and ingenious than I was when I was going in and you know, doing eight hours a day at somebody else's company and collecting their paycheck? And the only thing that was unknown was whether or not the bonus was going to come in at the end of the quarter? Yeah. And despite the fear, there was the step because it turned out that there was something that was even more fearful about staying and doing that because I was getting pushed into putting in more and more time and having less and less ability to do what I really wanted to be doing. So at some point it was like, okay, they have maneuvered me over to the trap door and I'm, I'm jumped through. And yeah, it was scary and faced my fears and riding that. Everything went according to plan because in the spring of 2020, everything that I've been planning in the fall of 2019 <laughs> went smoothly. Not. <laughs> was not counting on a pandemic. There were a bunch of things that we were going to do that we had to change. But we're talking about the acronyms. What does fear actually stand for, the abbreviation? And the most common one is false evidence assumed or appearing real. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing this stuff and we're assuming that it must be true. So whatever it is I'm afraid of is as big as the fearful thing that I'm looking at. And it's as meaningful as my currently petrified mind tells me. The other one is forget everything and react. <laughs> <laughs> You know something. Forget it. Forget all that stuff I know. I'm just going to react. You know what? Sometimes that's a good one because I have all kind of little things that I've told myself through the years. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Or I might at one point said to myself, what is the thing you're most afraid of happening? And I always said, the thing I'm afraid of most is somebody's like going to beat me up, right? Going to slap me. Well, that's not going to happen. Now, regardless of what I think will happen after the slap, I'm a... <laughs> I do not want to see what happens to somebody right after the slap happens to you. That's an experience. Okay. Thank you for the visual on that one, by the way. So I would tell myself that really a lot. Well, you know, that's not going to happen. So anything else is less. So just go for it. And that's changed over the years. But in dialogue with people, they have a lot of different things. Maybe not may not be that simple. I mean, age is a good one. I think if you said, tell yourself, if not now, then when, that'll get you moving. But there's a lot of stuff in our subconscious that scare the daylights out of us. We may not even be aware of it. And it's been controlling us all of our lives. And it's really a wonderful thing if you can come face to face with that. Maybe you can't do it by yourself, but you got a good friend or you know a colleague or something that can walk you through it. Because these giants are not real. Let me give you a quick example. I was talking to my son. He's not going to care. And uh, <laughs> the oldest one, these guys don't care what I think. They said mom's always telling on us. But the older one's IQ is extremely high. We were just having a conversation about that. And it jumped, you know, I said, oh, yeah, well, you know, remember that was, you took that test and blah, blah, this is your IQ and your number. And he looked at me and said, really? <laughs> and I said, you know, I'm thinking like, this is not news, right? He said, really? I didn't realize that. And what came after that really took me in. He said, had I known that about myself, I would have made a lot of different decisions. But here I am messing around with thus and so, and I didn't know that. And I'm thinking, 
I can't say he didn't know it, but the thing that was really arresting in the conversation was that he said, had I known. So it was something there that said that you don't have what it takes to do whatever. But when I told him that, he said, well, I could have. I said, well, you still can. He said, yeah. And his whole demeanor, <laughs> it just changed. It just, you know. And that gets into the whole thing. And I'll tell you, did you tell him? Yes, you absolutely told him. Did he know? Mm -hmm. No, he absolutely didn't know. For some reason that we do not understand at all, he was not able to receive that and hear that and own that. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what's going on and what might have brought that about. But he was told and he didn't get it. And he says that that would have changed his life. And maybe that's true. And maybe there's something that happened in his life that would have been different that was important to happen, which is why he wasn't able to hear it. And there's false evidence assumed real. If we're making the assumption that I should have known that because somebody told me that. I'm sure he doesn't disbelieve you when you said, hey, you took this test and we told you the number and what it meant. I'm sure he's not going to say, well, no, you didn't. You're lying. You're gaslighting me, mom. <laughs> I don't think he's going to say this. Say, well, you know, something happened there. There was something missing. Yeah. And I wonder something missing, but then there's a thing about, you know, people have dreams of their own and they don't hear it or it doesn't click. It doesn't click with whatever it is. It's those kind of little things that show up in various and different ways in people's lives. And it affects everything that they do and how they think and the choices that they make. And they're operating sometime on an assumption that's not true. So you got to have a good friend or something, you know, to help. Who you trust and who you listen to. One of the most amazing things in Louise Hay in her book, You Can Heal Your Life, is she's worked with thousands of clients over the years. And she said uniformly, the one thing they all had in common was the fear and the belief that they weren't worth or worthy of anything more. Mm-hmm. And the inability to believe that, to understand it, to hear it, to say, yeah, I am worth, I am good enough. I do have what it takes to make this happen. On the one hand, it lets us step into our greatness. And on the other hand, how terrifying. What? Nobody else to blame if it doesn't go right. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the other side of that is there's an assumption that because you have certain attributes or certain things that you will do this, you will do that. And if you don't have it, you won't. And that's absolutely not true. I am so amazed at people's gifts and the beauty that's inside of them. And they think it's worthless because it's not whatever, you know, and I think it's just so sad. James Allen in his As a Man Thinketh, I think it's chapter six, he talks about beauty and the dreamers of this world. And I just like go into another place when I read that, because it really talks about how certain things that people have as natural abilities, dreamers and writers and the ones that, he said, the ones that create heaven in our minds, those are the beautiful dreamers of the world and they are not valued. And that's sad because you find somebody else that has another dream or another manifestation of God in their life that's more highly valued. And that's fine and that's good. But what about the dreamers, you know, and the others that make life beautiful? I'm thinking about a musician that I knew in high school, just a disgustingly talented dude. and Disgustingly. Just, I love it. Just insanely talented. You know, I met him again after all these years, and he's been all over the world and blah, 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 blah. He said, but I never could understand why people didn't find what I do as valuable. And I thought, yeah, that's just how people look at 
at who you are and what you bring to the world. Yet without it, without beautiful music, where will we be? Oh, yeah. You know, we'd be at a... There's a whole bunch of places where that applies. Let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about how healers get paid. It's Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace, anytime you want. All of the information is at BeTheLight.com. That's B-The-Light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons, broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice, there are experiential activities and exercises, and at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at BeTheLight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, Reverend Dr. Bill Marchioli. And we're talking about fear at the heart of it. And then we kind of devolved into how we value things. And before the break, I mentioned that we will discuss how healers get paid. Because when you think of surgeons, you think of somebody with very high level of skill and they're at the top of the medical profession and they get paid top dollar for using their skill and their precision with their hands and their understanding of the instruments to bring about change and transformation in people's lives. And there are psychotherapists who make a very nice living as well. And there are Reiki practitioners who do energy healing, who get paid a lot less than the surgeons. And then there are practical prayer practitioners, the group that do practical prayer on behalf of other people. And not a whole lot of work. There are some practitioners who are making a comfortable living just doing prayer work for other people, but there are very few who are doing that. And the fact of the matter is, when the prayer works, you don't need the surgeon. And there, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and there are enough stories of when that happens. And for the patient, that's a better experience to not have to go through surgery and just have whatever it is go away or seem to go away. But the value is seen as completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole profession and, you know, I don't think it has too much to do with the white coat and the stethoscope. I've tried wearing those and nobody takes me nearly as seriously as they do the surgeons. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> yeah. And the other group that when you think about teachers, it's like, well, yeah, okay, there's room full of snotty-nosed little eight-year-olds and somebody's got to take them through the process. But the fact of the matter is, those snot-nosed little eight-year-olds are going to grow up to be our leaders and our thinkers and the people who are going to change and maintain and uplift our world. So it seems like perhaps an investment in that would be in order. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even if it were completely self-serving to have that group of people who are coming on much more qualified and able to save us and undo the crap that we've done, that'd probably be worthwhile too. But we don't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always the teachers are buying school supplies out of their pocket money so they can do their job. Mm-hmm. So an interesting perspective or transposition. And that really does touch on what we were talking about with fear because nobody wants to be not valued or appreciated. 
And if this gift that you have, this wonderful gift that you have to bring to the world, you're intended to bring, for some reason in your experience, and it could be quite real, the experience, that you know that this particular thing is not valued, then there's a fear, you know, and sometimes it's just not valued, but criticized. And so then you don't do that great thing that you could do. That's really sad because not only does the world, and I always think of things globally, but not just the world, but those around you are not able to participate or benefit, particularly, let's say healing. I mean, that's a great example of it. And people just don't, they don't buy it. I think sometimes people leave here before they have to simply because they don't buy it. But, you know, maybe that's a whole nother, a whole nother broadcast. I don't know. It's just fear just, I think, just gets in the way all over the place, you know, in terms of acting from yourself or receiving from someone else or receiving what spirit or God or universe has for you. There's that fear that people are going to think I'm weird or I'm not really sure that that works or whatever. Yeah. I've spent a fair amount of time with musicians, songwriters and singers, performers, and some of them have gone through and broken through. So there was a young songwriters contest that we were involved in 15 years ago. And one of the winners, one of the participants, and it was Benj Pasek. And so he's written Broadway shows now, and he's the one who did uh, La La Land or whatever, the movie. I mean, so he has gone on to be huge, mm -hmm. tremendous success, and have been and are others who are equally talented, sometimes in different directions, who have either struggled or been unwilling to give up their day job because they need to fund their lifestyle and the fear stopped them. Now, should it have? It's not for me to say. There's a reason that we have a day job. And there are some musicians who are you know, supporting their family with their day job and they're sharing their gifts and talents and skills, doing IT support for corporation or clients all over the place. And then they're writing their music and going down to the open mic and singing and doing house parties and things like that, house concerts. And they're sharing their music and their gifts and their skills on a different level. Now, if I'm going to say the one who's you know on Broadway is the success and his music obviously is better than the one who's singing to people in a new thought spiritual community and touching hearts there, it's not for me to say. I don't know. Is the fear real? And I'm not sure. I mean, it's real. But the one on Broadway and the one that plays the jazz thing down at, what's that place down on Columbia Avenue? Whatever. Columbus Boulevard. There used to be a little jazz club down there I'd go to. Who's to say who's better? It's not. You can't because they're bringing healing and wholeness and joy and love and all of that to the world. Is it better on a larger scale or a not so larger scale? And sometimes I'm thinking the people in the seats determine how large your scale is going to be. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's true. Which gets us back to trying to say what is really valuable and important. I mean, what's important? I told you about a concert that I want to go to. And I never once thought about how much the ticket was going to be. Never <laughs> once. Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, you know, unless it's six figures, but it doesn't matter. It does something for me. I'm going. I determine the value of what that person is offering to the world. But I appreciate it, you know, and I just, you know. And there's uplift bring, available. Yeah. Later this year, I'm going to be at Unity Village for the Anton annual retreat, and I'm one of the co-chairs of it. And I really look forward to that for a lot of reasons. There's wonderful uplift and speakers and stuff. 
But this year, the musician, the music director is Daniel Namod. And I love getting together with Daniel Namod because he is so kind and so gentle and so talented and so willing to share his gifts and so clear about who he is. What a gift. And he's been very successful doing music in the new thought and the spiritual arena. And he's actually been successful. He has an alternate band that does dysfunctional pop songs, which have gotten a little bit of notoriety. And he's completely authentically himself already. I mean, it's months away and I'm already looking forward to having the opportunity to dive in deeper with him and get filled and fed. And it happens to me a lot. And I think that's where the success is. Is somebody making a ton of money by doing that? That would be nice. Is it crucial? Maybe not. Being able to pursue our art and share our gifts without having to put them on hold and back burner them until we retire. Find out a way to do that is probably a good idea. I'm going to go with that. I think that's a good idea is to find a way to share the gifts in the moment rather than postpone it. Even if it's just turning the faucet on for a trickle, let something come out, let something happen. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm going to say it's two sides to that. You know, it's the person's that need to understand the value, the real, the true value of what somebody is doing, what they're sharing. It can take you to, you know, that thing, it takes you to another place. But if it helps you to meditate or free something in you or allows you to escape for a moment from the vicissitudes of life and allows you to think and dream and all of that or rest. I mean, those are the kind of things that we don't put a lot of value on downtime, being quiet, being a space where God can speak and all that. I mean, you think, okay, that's nice. And I'll do that when I get to a certain place in life. And, you know, if you don't, you get to a certain place in life and you're bets. So. (laughs) Okay. Two things. First off, you get a point for using the word vicissitudes. (laughs) (laughs) which was just lovely and after the break we are going to do a practical prayer and it's going to be about being aware of our gifts and what we have to offer get inspiration in an instant god calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of god's love is shining right now as you it's your god call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today, and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just five ninety-five a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. Conversation was great. Yeah. Yeah. Try this line on for size. I'm doing what I'm doing because they expect it. Mm -hmm. Ah, Mm -hmm. Just makes me want to scream. I'm doing what I'm doing because they expect it. And it puts the decision on somebody else 
probably with an assumption of what it is that they're expecting and the limitation of if they didn't expect it, then I might be doing something different. And there's just so much packed up into that. And it all comes back to fear. I'm doing what I'm doing because they expect it is I'm afraid what's going to happen if I don't, because it's going to upset the apple card. It's going to tumble the status quo and then things will be different. They will be unknown. Fact of the matter is there's only two things that humans are inherently fearful of. One is the startle response. If you set off a loud noise right behind somebody, they will have a startle response. That's fear. And that's to save us from something huge exploding over our shoulders. It's nice to duck. <laughs> and the other one is fear of heights. There is an, an inbred natural fear of heights. When we get up onto the something really high up, there's a fear there. And there are some segments of the population that get really comfortable with heights, but that's because they're able to overcome and minimize the fear and stand on the top of cliffs or steel girders and buildings that are being constructed. Everything else, though, everything else, though, falls into the category of a false evidence appearing real or being assumed real. And we can let go of that. And the way to let go of that is to go to the bigger picture. So let's pray about that. Let's pray about being guided to let go of our fears, to embrace our gifts and what's possible. So we turn our attention away from the details of our lives and the stories that we can tell and everything that's on the resume. And instead of letting that define who we are or what we are, turn our attention to that infinite creative power that creates everything, God, spirit, nature, source, whatever it is, that one has been sharing itself since the very beginning of time. Everything that exists is that one taking its own form in a particular way. That includes me and each person within the sound of my voice. So that infinite intelligence, that divine love, that's the truth what we are, is available to us in our awareness right here and right now. So as we ask ourselves in this quiet space, what's important? What are my gifts? What am I bringing? What can I offer? And then quiet our mind. So instead of trying to think of the answer, we get out of the way and allow that infinite intelligence that knows everything, that creative force that has created us, that knows what our gifts and talents and skills and abilities are, and have that be revealed. And instead of being worried about how I'm going to be able to make a living doing that, or how the pieces are going to fit together, or how I'm going to tell my family that that's what I'm doing, or how any of the rest of that, how is none of our business? Our business is to open ourselves to that divine guidance and let this creative intelligence that knows how to make galaxies make something new as us, through us, for us, with us. Because that good is available now. It's always available. Whatever that unique combination of skills and talents and gifts and abilities happens to be, it is our opportunity to recognize it, to claim it, to own it, to rock it, to be it, and to let that combination come out in a way that is unique to us. There's a gift that's at hand right here and right now, and I'm so, so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the clarity. I'm grateful for the insight and the awareness, the understanding of that good that's already unfolding. And I am grateful to be able to speak this word and release it into that creative law, the one that has created everything, the one that is creating everything, and to know without any question, hesitation, or doubt whatsoever that it's now creating this, this clarity, this wisdom, this insight, and the sharing of these gifts is already underway. So I let it be. I speak this word and let it be, and so it is.
Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at newthoughtphilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.